Hello and welcome to the podcast. What's up guys? Um, okay, so first I'm using a new microphone. So if it sounds a little bit different or weird, um, that's why. If it sounds bad, I'm sorry. I will be working on it if it sounds bad. Um, but yeah, okay. Anyway, let's, let's, let's chat. Um, right now, I am sitting in my car recording this. I did this like two podcasts ago and it was kind of nice. You know, I just sit in my car um, at the studio I'm at because um, I taught a class this morning and I'm teaching one in about less than two hours. So we're just, you know, getting some stuff done. And yeah, it's nice out. So I was like, you know what? We're going to sit, we're going to look outside and we're going to just chat. Um, Today, I was not sure what to talk about at first. I have some ideas. I have some really good ideas. I just, you know, I wanted, whenever I record something, I want it to be genuine and I want it to have a purpose and I just want to know what I'm talking about. So anyway, (laughs) Brett, do you want to say hi to the podcast? What up fam? (laughs) Hope you're enjoying the little podcast. I know I do. (laughs) That was, uh, Brett, my boss. I don't really know him, though, actually, so, anyway. Um, yeah, so. You do learn something new every day. You do learn something. I was just about to say that. I literally I was. <laughs> Alright, special guest appearance. Um, so, you do learn something new every day, as he was saying. Um, where was I? I didn't even really give an intro yet. Um, where were we? That really threw me off. Way to go, Brett. It's okay. I'm kidding. Um, so, if you're new here, you do learn something new every day. And that is what I like to emphasize in every episode. Because if you take the time to and the energy to be present each day and you are mindful of what you're doing, you're just, you know, aware of your surrounding and what's going on around you, then you'll come to find that you do learn something new every day and there's things all around you all the time that you can learn from. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be straight up facts. It can be, you know, like learn something about yourself. You can learn something about your friend, your family member, like, um, like an animal. I I don't know. Whatever it is, you do learn not just one thing. You learn multiple things every day if you really think about it and, you know, are mindful enough for that. But I just, I like to emphasize that because once you start to think about it and you start to, you know, be more present in the moments that you are in, you'll come to find that. So anyway, Let's let's get on. I like to share one thing that I learned each day that I record. So what I learned today is I woke up and I saw that the U.S. is leading the world in the amount of COVID-19, a.k.a. coronavirus recoveries. And we have, um, well, four hours ago, that's, that's the last thing that I saw that was um, reported, but it says 154,000 people have recovered. So that's awesome that that many people are recovering. Um, obviously it's very unfortunate and it sucks that they even have to recover from 
this, that they got it in the first place. But, um, you know, we, we got to just take it day by day. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So that's what I learned today. Maybe you guys just learned it as well. Um, okay, uh, before we get into this, I am actually going to roll up my window because my window is down. <laughs> Anyway, okay, sorry for all that background noise. This is this is what we get when you record in the car. So, let's talk. Today's topic, um, like I was talking about earlier, I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to really, like what I was really in the mood to talk about today. And I, I knew I wanted to talk about this, but I wasn't 100% sure what I exactly wanted to say, and a lot of this was when I was younger and I don't have the most clear memory, I guess, of what I was thinking, how I was feeling, how everyone, everything else around me was going, but I still was like, you know what, let's, let's talk about it. Um, so we're going to be talking about OCD today, and we're going to be talking about... I just kind of want to clear the air because I think there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of just thoughts and ideas going around that I find very common for people to believe and talk about. And there's just so many things that aren't actually true. And it kind of bugs me because I have struggled with OCD myself since I was, like, born, okay? Like, I, I've always, I've always struggled with it. I've been, the last, like, four years or so, last three or four years of my life have been nowhere near to what it was when I was younger, and I have come a long way with it, and it does not affect my daily life anymore because I have learned to, you know, not just control it, but to, to minimize it and to minimize, you know, the thoughts and the obsession and the compulsions. And yeah, it just, it takes a while, but, and I have gone through a lot and I'll talk about everything that I've been doing, but yeah, don't, I'm not saying I really like, I don't hardcore struggle with it right now. Do I still have some little lingering, uh, I guess like actions or thoughts that are, OCD related and that were a lot stronger when I was younger. Yeah, I still have some like every once in a while and I still do things every day that might have developed from that like some type of pattern or routine, but it's nowhere near what it was and I'm very grateful for that. But I want to talk about it because I just I hear so many things. I see a lot of things. There's a lot of jokes about it. Um people throw the term around a lot very very loosely. It is Oh my goodness, it is thrown around so much. People will be like, ah, like, my, I have to, you know, have my room clean. Like, I'm, I'm OCD about my room. Like, that's just because your room needs to be clean doesn't mean that you have OCD. I'm not saying that you don't have it. There's could be a lot of other stuff going on, but if, like, that's just what you're talking about, you're like, I'm going to self-diagnose myself with OCD because I like my room to be clean. Like that, no, no, I don't, I don't even want to hear that anymore. I, it drives me insane. It doesn't even make sense, honestly, but anyway, we'll get into it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about, 
what it actually is. So OCD is also known as obsessive compulsive disorder. So basically that is the need to perform routines or compulsions or thoughts or obsessions repeatedly. So you're doing these little routines, you have these thoughts, and it's just very obsessive, it's very compulsive, and it's very disordered, aka the name. Um, basically, like, each, the, the little patterns that you might do, or the little, the, like, patterns of thoughts, or the patterns of actions that you, one might need to do, or feel like they need to do, very, you know, out of nowhere, and repeatedly, until they get some type of fulfillment that they're looking for, but half the time you don't even know the, like, what you're looking for, like, what you're trying to get out of it, but it's, it's very, it's a very repetitive thing, and it's one of those things where you don't really know why you're doing it in the moment. Um, so some of those examples are, like, for the, you know, actions or thoughts, um, people could be repeatedly washing their hands over and over again. I have, heavily struggled with that my hands would get so dry and they would just completely be bleeding like the like my entire hands would just be purple like literally they'd be purple in middle school like people would be sitting there and be like do you need hand cream like girl like what are you doing and it's because I was washing my hands non-stop I felt like they could never be fully clean and I was so afraid of germs. I was so afraid of getting sick. And it wasn't just, like, a germaphobe thing. It was, like... I, I mean, it, it heavily was, but I I had to wash my hands a lot. Whether they were still clean or not, it was just... It was a thing. And that still kind of lingers now. Because it's nowhere near as much as it was. Because I would be washing my hands, like, five times within the span of, you know, two minutes depending on what I'm doing and what the situation is, um, I would wash my hand, my hands in between every single, uh, block in middle school. This is when it like really affected me in middle school. Um, the hand washing thing, at least I'd be washing my hands between every single block, sometimes during the blocks. And there were seven a day plus the lunch. What Like I was always washing my hands and I always felt disgusted. And, um, yeah, it's nowhere, again, nowhere near where it was today, but I definitely do still have that, um, I still kind of have that thought process, not the thought process, what am I trying to say? Like, I, I still definitely wash my hands a little bit more than, like, most people will feel like they need to, but it's not a bad thing, and it's not, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't negatively affect, you know, my daily things I gotta do you know what I mean? Like it used to, you know, just be on my mind, drive me insane until I could. And it used to just be this action that I would have to do over and over and over again. And it would take up time. It would take up so much time and it would, it would, I mean, it would physically hurt me because my hands would be bleeding and they'd be so dry and, you know, people would notice it. And so it just, it wasn't a positive thing. You know what I mean? And it was very, repetitive. It was very, very, very repeatedly done, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself on that. Um, but that's just like one example, the hand washing. Um, people also might be counting things. Um, they might feel the need to count whatever it is over and over again. Um, 
some people have certain numbers that they have to count to, like do everything three times, do everything four times, or everything, you know, an even number or an odd number, like whatever it is. Um, my thing was always even numbers and just being even, like odd numbers. I don't know what it was, dude, but odd numbers would they'd make me like upset and infuriated. Like I'd be sitting, my elementary school self would be sitting there in math class getting pissed off just by staring at the number seven or something like that. Like I, I just, yeah, that was that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Also like locking doors. That's another heavily, um, I feel like that's a pretty common one that people also talk about is locking doors. Um, not even just like, uh, it like not even just locking the doors, but going to check to make sure the door is locked and then thinking about it. So what I'm saying is like, say someone, you know, goes to bed and they live alone in an apartment, like they're going to go to the door, they lock it at night, whatever they go to the room about to go to sleep, they're laying there. And then for some reason, you know, they might have the urge to go and check and their brain is telling them, you know, there's that like OCD voice in your head being like, the door isn't locked. Go check it. Go check it. Go check the door. Like it's not locked. It's not locked. You need to lock it again. You go, you check the door. It's locked, but you have to unlock it and lock it three more times. And then it's locked. And that's how you know it's locked because you did it three times. So you go back to bed, you lay there and then the same exact thing happens over and over and over again. It's, it is a cycle. It is I, I mean, I've said this repeatedly, but it is very repetitive. You keep going. You go back to the door. Your voice is telling you that you have to check it because it's not locked. It's not locked. You got to go check it. You got to lock it again. You got to do it three more times. So you go, you unlock it, you lock it, you unlock it, you lock it, you unlock it, you lock it, and you go back to your room and it just kind of keeps going until, until basically you're too tired to do so or you, that's really that's really it. Like you're too tired to do so, or you just finally get that, you know, whatever you're looking for, whatever you're trying to, whatever feeling you're trying to achieve from doing those actions, whenever you start to like get that, that's when you can kind of like stop what you're doing for the time being. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, what it is, if you haven't been familiar with it already, it is associated with anxiety, um, or it can be at least, um, people that have it, OCD can also have anxiety, and it can really not mix well together, but it kind of, it sometimes can be a package deal like that, and it sucks, that's what happens with me, that's what, you know, happened when, uh, I guess the world was like, all right, Chloe, OCD and anxiety, let's do this. But yeah, the, there's different degrees to what, like the severity of it can be, it can vary. So for some people, it is so extreme that that is all they do. They just do these like few actions and that is all they can do. They can't leave the house. They can't function normally. They can't take care of themselves. Like it just completely consumes their life. And then, you know, there's 
different levels to it. For me, I, it would impact my life greatly and it would impact, you know, how I might do things and it might impact, it might have, you know, like affected how well I would do something like in school or sports or whatever it was. But for me, it was never to the point where I couldn't, you know, like leave the house or like, you know, get myself to like eat or take care of myself like in that way. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, and yeah, I'm really grateful for that. So there's different degrees. It varies. Some people are more affected by it than others in their daily life. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. It's not just a okay, you have it, you got all this going on, or you don't have it. Like, it's, it's, a it's variable. Anyway, let's talk more about me. Yeah. So, I was talking about how I had the hand-washing thing in middle school, and I'll get back to that again, but, um, I want to go back to when it all kind of went down. So, like I said, I was, you know, I've just had it my whole life. I've never remembered my life without having it and having those types of thoughts or compulsions, whatever it was. Um, I'd say when I was around like five years old or something is when I started going to a psychiatrist and therapist, I think. I think so. I didn't really check with my dad before this to get like those facts 100% right, but so basically what happened is my dad noticed um, you know, these routines and actions and thoughts I'd have at a very young age and he started to recognize them and he got concerned because he struggled with OCD a lot as a kid himself. So he's, you know, he was familiar with it and he recognized a lot of things with me and he started to, you know, he wanted to do something about it. And he got kind of concerned because, you know, if you got something to work on, you need to work on it. So he would go and he would talk to doctors about it, whatever. All the doctors were like, oh, like they'd kind of dismiss it. Be like, yeah, she's young. Like she's maybe just, you know, doing this, like it'll pass, whatever. Like they just always would dismiss it. And my dad would like tell them like, no, like I really think she has this or at least some type of form of it or whatever and yeah no one really took him seriously with that for a while and then finally someone did and we went to this place and I got a psychiatrist and I think I think I was probably like six or seven when I started going so yeah, I started going to therapy and that's when my life went downhill. I'm kidding. Um, so I went to the psychiatrist and it was this dude, Miss, uh, I don't know his, what his name was. I think his name started with like a B or something. So we'll call him Dr. B, I guess. So Dr. B was this dude. I don't really remember too well. I was little, but I went to him. He was a psychiatrist. He, you know was the first one to really listen and, um, take us seriously. And I remember like my parents and I were talking to him and he recommended that I talk to a therapist as well as get on some medicine f with him because therapists can't 
prescribe medicine. Um, psychiatrists can though. So, uh, yeah, he, I don't remember what I took. This was a very long time ago, but I remember getting medicine. It was like these blue pills and I was supposed to take it every day. I don't know exactly what it was. I don't know exactly what it was supposed to do. This was a long time ago, but I do recall being on meds at a very young age. And so that was like a daily medicine that I had to take. I was on it for a couple years, uh, kind of on and off. And when I say on and off, it's not because I was prescribed it on and off or like lowered the dosage. No, like sometimes I straight up would just not take it. I was very stubborn with medicine. I still kind of am like when it comes to just like taking like Advil or like ibuprofen, whatever it is, like say I have a headache or my cramps are bad. Like I am not going to take anything until I feel like I'm going to die because that's just how I am. You know, like I just, if I don't need to take medicine, I don't want to. So I was always kind of, you know, weird about that. So I would be taking it and my parents would make sure that I was taking it. And then they'd kind of you know, realized that I was in the good routine of it and I was responsible with it and I knew where, you know, I had a time to take it and all that. And then I just kind of would stop taking the medicine because I was very stubborn. I was very, very stubborn. I didn't want people telling me what to do. I didn't want adults that weren't my parents telling me what to do. And yeah, I just didn't feel like it. So I didn't. And I'd get in trouble. I'd get yelled at a lot. I'd get, um, uh, lectured, I'd get, you know, the whole shebang. And that would, that would happen multiple times. You know, I'd go through phases where I'd be like, I'm not taking it. So yeah. In fact, one time we went to the beach one summer, like with my mom, my mom's side of the family too. And we were all like in this, you know, little beach condo and I didn't bring my meds on purpose. And let me tell you, and I say that, um, my mother was upset. She was upset. And then I got lectured by my Nana. But I love you, Nana. I know you might be listening to this. Um, love you. Love you so much. But yeah, she like talked to me and she was like, just please take it for me. And I was like, okay, fine for you, Nana. I'll take my, my, my meds. So yeah, anyway, that was that. I don't remember when I exactly came off of them. I think I was late elementary school, maybe like fifth grade or so. I just kind of stopped taking them. And then I told my doctor that I didn't take them after like a good month. And he was like, okay, well, if you're not going to take them, then let's not do it. And honestly, I didn't feel like I needed it anymore. Um, that might've been a, not the right thought or statement to make, but I didn't feel like I needed it. So yeah, I just kind of stopped, but that was that on that. But anyway, so for the therapist, I don't really remember that either. I do remember, I remember her name, I'm not gonna say it, but I remember the therapist's name, and I remember going in, and we'd talk, I don't know, we'd talk, we'd play a few games, but we'd mainly talk, um, yeah, I don't, I can't 100% recall, because honestly, I've been in therapy since I, like, my whole life, so that was just the beginning of it, but we would talk, I remember, she was nice. Uh, yeah, that's really all I have to say on that. I don't exactly remember any coping skills that she might have taught me, any coping mechanisms, but, um, 
like I don't know 100% what we worked on, but I do know what I struggled with. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. So for me, my main thing, so I haven't even really talked about this. The main thing that I struggled with, the main like actions that I struggled with, with this OCD was, um, muscle tensing. So I'd be sitting there and you know how you can kind of like tense or like tighten up your muscles, like in your leg, for example, like on your, like, say you're sitting, like I'm sitting here right now and my right, um, my right quad, I'm like squeezing it. I'm tensing it. Right. And then you relax it and you can kind of feel after you relaxed it, that you tensed it, like your muscle can feel it. So I'd have to do it to the other side. So I'd tense the other leg and I'd hold it for the same amount of time and then I'd let it go. And then that one I could feel more because that was the last one I did. You know what I mean? Like I just did that leg. So then I'd have to go to the right leg again and I'd have to tense that leg. Then I'd have to do the left again. Then I'd have to do different numbers on each side. Then I'd have to do different extremities. And that would happen with all the muscles, all my muscles. Um, I would just go through that pattern. I would have to tense them and squeeze them and unsqueeze them until I got whatever satisfaction that was. And that was for shit to be even. So like, basically I was always get trying to get that evenness. So like if one side, if one side I squeezed the muscle, I had to squeeze the other and I would just keep going back and forth. I'd keep going back and forth and I'd look like an idiot. Cause I'm standing there like squeezing my muscles and like shaking and whatever. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a really big thing. And it would, you know, I'd just be sitting there. I'd be sitting there in class or I'd be sitting there on the couch watching TV and I'm just doing that and everything had to be even. Um, so with that, say someone like, say my siblings and I like got in a fight and one of them like slapped my face or whatever, slapped my arm, whatever arm they slapped or whatever side of the face that they slapped, I have to slap the other arm. I have to slap the other side of my face because I can't stand that stinging feeling. I don't care if it's a painful feeling. I don't care if it's a bad feeling. If it, if I have a feeling on one side of my body somewhere, I need to have it on the other side of my body. So I would make that happen. So that's where it really started to affect my life negatively and really, um, you know, just not be good because you, like it's not like someone's not, it's not good for someone to, you know, say they get hit and then they feel like they need to hit the other side of themselves just to make it feel even like that doesn't no, that's not good. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my, that was my thing. Shit had to feel even otherwise it would drive me insane. I would have full on like not tantrums, but like breakdowns. I'd have huge breakdowns about shit being even. And that could go for my hair that could go for my like shoes. If my shoes, if like say I got sand in my shoe. Oh, hell no, 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 no. No, that was a whole ass, that was a whole ass, uh, breakdown right there. But anyway, that was like my big thing with that was the muscle tensing. Um, another thing for the evenness. So I've been a swimmer since I was five years old. Let's say that I'm like testing, you know, the water before I hop in at practice. Say I might like put my foot in or whatever to like see what the temperature is like. Um, say I do that on my right foot. I need to dip my left foot in right away because if my right foot is wet, I need to have my left one 
if my right foot is cold, I need to have the left one cold because otherwise, like I said, a breakdown will occur. So that was the big uh, initial determining factor, I guess you would say, of realizing, you know, that I had had OCD. And I'm not, I also, by the way, I haven't said it yet. I'm not self-diagnosing myself. I actually was diagnosed, um, hence the psychiatrist and therapist. But anyway, um, yeah, that was the first thing that really started to go down. So a couple years go by, that's kind of, you know, I'm dealing with it. I'm struggling with it, but like it started to die down a little bit, not the OCD, but that, that specific pattern. And yeah, that specific pattern really in that routine. Um, the next thing that I started to do was I'd open. Okay. Whenever I take a shower, I would open the curtain. I'd turn the water on. I'd close the curtain and then I would, you know, close my door. I'd lock it. And then I would have to open the closet door and then I would have to open all the cabinets and I had a specific order to each door and cabinet that I would open. And then I would open my, the main door again and I'd lock it again. And then I would check all the doors and the cabinets again and I'd open, open, open. And I had to otherwise. So here's, here's another part of OCD that a lot of people don't really talk about or are as informed about that little voice in your head, that OCD voice is very, very, very controlling and it completely takes over. It's not your voice and you kind of know it's not your voice, but it's there and it takes over. And that voice for me, the reason I'd like open all the cabinets and doors is because it's not necessarily that I thought someone was in there, but I would convince, I would be convinced. I would convince myself that if I did not do that whole routine three times through that I would die. Like I'd literally just drop dead right there. Like I'd just die. Like I'd, I don't, I don't know what exactly I thought would happen, but I just straight up thought I would die or everyone in my family would just die. Like we'd all just die like that. That was my thing. And that was my fear. So if I ever would try to, you know, fight against it and be like, no, I don't need to do that. I don't need to open the doors or whatever. I would get so anxious and be like, no, 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 like I can't, I have to do it because otherwise I'm going to die or my family's going to die. Like people are going to die. And that's where it starts to be a real problem because that's where the anxiety comes in. Because if you like, that's just not logical. You know what I mean? Like how does opening and closing doors link to someone losing their life. You know what I mean? Like a perfectly like healthy, like physically healthy, like person. How, how does that link to that? It doesn't. So that's where the anxiety would come in. And that's where it would really, really, um, take over your brain, take over your head, all the above. Um, so that was an issue and that went on for a very long time. I actually would still open the closet door until I moved recently. But now that I'm in a different space and I'm not in that same bathroom anymore, I don't have a closet door to open and I don't open my cabinets and it's just great and it works really well. Um, what the frick? 
I'm sorry, there's like someone getting out of the car right now. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Okay, sorry about that anyway. <laughs> sorry, these people like pulled up and someone got out of the car. Uh, just recording in the car things. Anyway, what was I talking about? Um, oh yeah, so I would still open the closet door. I would only do it once or twice though before I moved, but now that obviously doesn't happen anymore. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I guess that's good progress. Um, that's the other thing. This shit takes time. This shit takes so long to, you know, like gain, gain control back. And that's the other, th that's, that's the big thing with this, with OCD is like having that control, that need for control is so strong when it comes to that. And I still, I still kind of get that. Um, I definitely have that control need and, um, yeah, just the need for control. I definitely still have that in some aspects and it still lingers, but, uh, like I said, takes time making progress and we just take it day by day and you just keep going. But again, doesn't like greatly affect my life today, especially not to where it was. But anyway, so that kind of, that was the door thing. And then middle school came around and sixth grade, I got the stomach bug. It was April got the stomach bug, my siblings had it, and then I got it, and it was lovely. No. I woke up, I remember it was like 11.07 p.m. in the middle of the night, and I just started vomiting my guts out, blah, 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 next day, whatever, I'm fine. Then two days after I get back to school, I hadn't had the stomach bug in a long time, like I hadn't thrown up in a very, very long time, and I hated it. Like, I, I forgot what throwing up was like, and I, you know, then experienced it, and I hated it, and I got so fearful, and I was so scared of getting it again. So, that led me to this huge, huge anxiety over germs, and I just started to become obsessed with it. Once that anxiety starts to kick in, then the OCD starts to kick in and it's like, oh, we're anxious about this. Let's, let's get some more, um, let's incorporate some obsessive compulsions, shall we? Um, yeah, but really that's, that's kind of how it was. So I started to wash my hands because I'd be scared of the germs. And then I started to wash my hands way too much. I would just wash them all the time. I never felt like they were clean. I never felt like I was clean. School was, oh my God, I hated school because I felt like there were germs everywhere. Every single thing I touched, I would not touch the door handles. Like, it's like right now. Okay. Think about how you feel going into like the store right now with COVID going on. That is how I felt every single day, no matter where I was. And there wasn't, there wasn't a pandemic going on. There wasn't this huge virus going around, but I would not touch anything. I like someone, someone would walk by me and I would hold my breath until they passed me because I thought if they like, you know, and someone like walks by, you kind of get like a breeze of air or whatever. I would think that like, if I breathed that breeze in, I would get the germs and I would get sick and I would, you know, 
die or get sick and I didn't want to get sick or whatever. And I just always was so, so anxious and fearful over that. And then that resulted in the hand washing. And then that became just a whole, um, that became just a whole compulsive obsessive thing on its own. So I would wash my hands like I was talking about earlier, like between every class, I would wash them when I get home. I'd like take my clothes off and change when I got home. Um, it was, it was really, really, really bad. And my parents started to notice it. People would notice it. People at school would notice it. People would even be like, Chloe, like, why are you doing this? Like I would kind of get shit on a little bit for doing it. And I just couldn't help it. Like, I couldn't help it. Nothing, everything was dirty to me. Everything was disgusting to me. Everything had germs on it, and I was going to die. That was that. And that was that anxiety voice and the OCD voice both kind of, you know, coming together and ganging up on me. Um, but, yeah, that, that lasted all throughout middle school really bad. It was a very... That was a difficult thing that happened. Um, but, yeah, like, people say at lunch someone had goldfish or whatever and they were like here like you want some and they'd hand me it in their hand I'd be like hell no like I am not eating that you just touched it with your hands and I know you didn't wash your hands right before you came to lunch and even if you did you probably like touched the door handle or you probably touched your lunchbox you know because to open it or whatever like it was I wouldn't I wouldn't eat anything if someone handed it to me no I would only eat stuff that I made for myself because I knew that I would do it right. So when I say, let's say I'm making myself like a peanut butter sandwich. I don't even eat those, but we're going to use that as an example. So I wash my hands to start, right? I get the bread out. I get the peanut butter out. Um, I just touched both of those. So I'm going to wash my hands again. So I wash my hands again. Next, I like get out, you know, the cutting board or the plate or whatever and a knife and I open the bag with the bread one hand and then the hand that I didn't touch the bag with I reach I grab the bread I put it on the thing and then I tie up the bread again and then I just touch the you know I touch the wrapper again so I need to wash my hands so I'd wash my hands again then I'd go and I would get a paper towel I would get two and I would use them to open the peanut butter jar so that I wouldn't touch the jar so that my hands wouldn't get dirty. So then I'd pick up the knife and I'd be holding the jar steady with the paper towel around it so I wouldn't touch the jar. And I'd, you know, use the knife, I'd spread it on the bread, whatever, and that was that. And then I'd wash my hands again and then I'd eat it and then I'd wash my hands again or whatever. Um, but that's how, like, that's, that's, that's how it was. And it continued for so long. And that's just, that's just kind of how my life was then and it um it was definitely very noticeable it was very noticeable um to anyone who was around me and yeah it kind of sucked and it really took over my life but it slowly it took a while but we're doing better now we're doing a lot better now I'd say high school I'd started to not be such a prick about it and I just started to like I, I don't know like I would I just started to like fight back that voice because I was like okay Chloe like logically you know you're not gonna die if you 
or like get so sick that you feel like you're gonna die if you don't wash your hands after like I don't know like like getting a bag out of the pantry like that's not that's not logical there's not germs I don't know like it just I started to realize how it wasn't logical and I started to you know use my voice to fight back that OCD voice so I still wash my hands a lot more than most people would I feel like but it's nothing to where it was and I'll always kind of have that germ germaphobe you know people can call me that whatever I've always been clean or whatever that's kind of the nice side effect of this whole OCD is I have always been clean and I have always been um organized but that's not that's not what OCD is okay like I was saying earlier but anyway um those were the big those were the big things so years go by I finally got more control over all of it and what else link so the hand washing lingers and then I also want to talk about the locking the doors that also kind of lingers for me when I get in the car I lock the doors right away right before I start the car doors are locked I start driving I'd lock the doors again I'm like at a stoplight, I lock the doors again. I'm just driving on the highway for no... Like, I already know I locked the doors. I see that the doors are locked. I'm going to lock them again. And I do that, and my friends notice it, and they're like, why do you keep locking the doors? Like, did you just lock the doors again? And they kind of laugh at me, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, like... And I just brush it off, but it's just... I just kind of have to. And I'm still working on that. And, yeah, that's, that's that. I lock the doors a lot more than I need to, and I'll unlock and lock other stuff, but, uh, it's, it's getting better. I'll tell you guys that, but yeah, that's, those are the kind of like lingering stuff. And that's the other point I want to make. Like it does take a while to get it back. And some people aren't as fortunate enough to have the ability either inside them or the ability to get meds or help to, you know, fight back on that voice. And as I'm talking about this, um, I am remembering more about my therapy when I was younger. And I said that I didn't remember. I'm starting to remember some stuff. I do remember the lady, my therapist telling me we would work on me kind of, we would do kind of like a role play. And she was like the OCD voice or she was the OCD. And I would, you know, work on finding my voice and standing up for myself. And I would, tell that voice that it does not control me and we would do like visual stuff too like on paper like I would you know like I'd like pretend I'm crossing it out or I don't know what I would do but I am remembering me kind of learning to take that control back and yeah just take take control back and just you know take back what the OCD is taking from me and I would learn to find my voice, and I would learn to say that I, you know, just kind of snap out of it and be like, this doesn't make sense, this isn't logical, this voice does not control you like I do, and yeah, I would work on that, and I'm starting to remember that now, so that's cool, I definitely find that helpful, and that's kind of what I've been saying this whole time too, like, 
it takes time to learn to do that. And that's how I kind of overcame a lot of these, um, obsessions and these compulsions and yeah, yeah, that's what we, that's what you got to do. But today is really just the, today's not as bad. I don't know what I was about to say with that. I already told you guys that I'm looking at my notes here. I always write some notes just to outline the podcast, but, um, that's really all I had planned to say to you guys today. So I'm going to wrap this up. So moral of the story, just because you have a clean room and you like to keep things neat doesn't mean that you have OCD and I, I'm not trying to like be rude or whatever, but I don't want to hear I don't want to hear this anymore because it's insensitive and it's just, it's not, it's, it's not correct. It's not logical. And yeah, it's just, it makes it hard because then the people that do have OCD are like, okay, well I just look like it's a joke. It's not a freaking joke. It's not a term that you can throw around loosely and it's not something that should be taken lightly because it can be like this. I'm telling you guys that that hand washing and that locking doors and that checking stuff and then muscle tensing. Yeah. It would drive me nuts and it would affect me a lot like in my life and not just in that way, but like going to therapy, going to psychiatrist appointments, I'd have to like leave school early and kids would ask me, where are you going? What am I going to say? Like I remember in third grade, someone's asking me where I'm going and I'm like, do, do they even like, what if I said, oh, I'm going to therapy. Like the fuck, what would people say to that? Excuse my French, but, uh, yeah, there's that. And I'm going to wrap this up because I have nothing else to say except for be mindful, be careful with what you say. And yeah, OCD, OCD is not talked about enough and I don't think enough people understand it fully so hopefully you guys learned something from it today um if not go learn something go I don't know you will learn something just go out let it come to you so thank you all so much for listening today I hope you guys like this podcast it was kind of more of like a personal one but I I wanted to share this hopefully it helped at least one person out maybe a little bit in some way whether that be Um, someone that struggles with OCD themselves, or maybe they have in the past, or maybe they haven't, and maybe they just want to learn more about it. So either way, thanks for listening. Hope you guys got something out of it. Um, Check out my Instagram. It's chloe.vetter, C-H-L-O-E dot V-E-T-T-E-R. Same as the name on this. You learn something new every day with Chloe Vetter. And I'll see you guys next Friday for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful Friday. And stay safe, stay healthy, and stay happy. Goodbye, guys. Mm -hmm.